1: Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
2: house of pot. My name is Kaveh. Hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Today, we're talking about a lot of stuff. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. We're talking about the Florida Surgeon General. We're talking about these videos people have posted online in this last year about having seizures related to the vaccine. And oh, man, we got so much to cover. All this stuff. What does it have in common? Lots and lots of bullshit. And we're going to cover all of it tonight and did you think I was gonna do it alone? <laughs> You're so stupid! No, I have some awesome guests with me today to help me do this. First, you 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 absolutely have to know who this person is because this person is one of my favorite internet people and one of my favorite people in real life. um Rebecca Watson. She has an amazing YouTube channel. She this really informative, fun, very well researched uh, YouTube channel covers lots of science stuff lots of misinformation it's just an amazing channel and i highly recommend you do it she's also my co-host on the podcast girls on boys it's this excellent podcast which we have not done for like a year and a half which we will eventually get back to about the show boys and I, i can't speak highly enough about this person
0: rebecca welcome back to the show Jave, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be back, but I do actually just have a really quick correction for you. Yeah. Um, So sorry. I know we've been friends for many years now, and I can't yeah. believe this is just coming up, but it's actually Rebecca. Oh, I, yeah. It's I'm like so th- sorry. I'm actually, my parents had one child named Becca, and mm-hmm. she died tragically um, oh, in a refining you... accident um, when oh, she was sh- four. Sh- um, the, like. You know, I was the second. So it, oh I was a Rebecca. Oh yeah. my
2: God. I am oh. so embarrassed. I'm gonna be it's totally okay. I'll, I'll be it honest happens. with you. Happens. Um white names are really hard for me. I
0: know, I know, I um, know, I understand. I understand.
2: I a, like, is it Kirsten, Kristen, Karsten? No one, I no one no one knows actually. I'll never no I'll never get it right. I'll never get it right. I said all those nice things about you. Uh, <laughs> what if what if I just said something like, and also this next guy, Dan? Yeah. That would work for me. Just kidding. We have, uh, I believe it's Don. It's Doctor Dan. I believe Dan Dan Friedman, Doctor Dan Friedman, board-certified neurologist and neurophysiologist. Doctor Dan, welcome back to the show.
3: Thanks for having me. It's great to be back, and I'm honored to be on with Rebecca because I've listened to you since the SGU
0: days. So what?
2: Oh, don't don't don't, yeah. don't make this weird, Dan.
0: No, I'm I totally to into Dan now. Bit. And you know, uh, yeah. Kaveh, if you need to just take a bathroom break, Dan and I can just chat <laughs> about the old days. <laughs>
2: Dan, Danathan. Uh, okay, let's get let's get right to it. We got lots to talk about. Um, I, this first topic that I want to talk about with you guys actually is really not medical and does not fit the theme, but it's just something I want to talk about and. Um, I have this podcast. And as a, a whitish man with a podcast, I feel like I'm uh, I can talk about whatever I want whenever I want, no matter how little I know about the subject uh, or how appropriate it is for me to to weigh in on it. But this one, I feel like I can weigh in on. Did you guys see the video recently? It was going around. It's pretty viral of a plane flight to Florida. And in this plane flight, this man was losing his shit because there was a baby. Crying on the plane. Now, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I was kind of hoping to just do maybe a whole episode about this because I have a lot of thoughts on it, but I don't think that's a good idea. So let's just cover this real quick. First of all, let me ask you did you guys see this video? I did. Okay. Uh, Dan, let me start with you. What well, how, how do you feel a baby is crying on planes? Does it make you go mental like that? Does it anger you? How do you how do you feel? How do you respond to that?
3: I'm a pediatric neurologist, so I'm used to kids crying all the time. And uh, the idea of, of just totally losing it because a baby's crying on a plane is ridiculous. You're a grown man. If you don't grown bring headphones or something else to you know cancel out ambient noise, that is it. That's your problem. That's not anybody else's. Problem. It's definitely not the baby's problem. Baby can't help it. So it's absolutely ridiculous that that dude behaved that way. And I could not believe seeing a grown man. And he, I think uh, the quote was something like that. You know, mother effing baby didn't pay extra to yell. It's like, but you didn't pay to yell, so why are you yelling?
2: <laughs> and it's a baby. <laughs> uh, Rebecca, what, what, how, what's your stance on crying babies in planes?
0: Mm-hmm. My stance is, uh, fuck that kid. Yeah. Is that is that No, 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 no. No, no. Actually, I saw like on my timeline I did see a lot of people that are like, "Hey, I, yeah, I I get this this guy was right to freak out." And, you know, I do get as a childless person <laughs> Um, I do get being like, if you see someone like whose kid is freaking out and you don't think that they are doing everything in their power to Mm -hmm. stop the child from crying, I can see being angry about that, but also as a childless person, man, I don't know, (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, Stuff happens sometimes and like planes, you know, the pressure it's hard on their little, little baby ears. Dumb little baby ears. Yeah. And that is literally why, and I know I'm speaking from a position of privilege here, but also in general, it is a privilege to just fly in an airplane through the sky. But I have these noise canceling Sony headphones where- like I could be in a nuclear war and mm. not even know it was happening because I'm blasting my sweet tunes and yeah. like it doesn't matter to me. So yeah. no, I reserve my anger on the plane for like a like the person that leans their chair back. Like fucking, I under yeah, me too. I, almost, fire. I
2: agree with both you guys completely. Um I don't like it. I don't let my kids when I fly with him, kick the chair in front of me. Cause that, that really bothers me. But if a baby's crying, that parent has already tried. No parent likes to hear their kid cry. Like maybe once in a a hundred flights, there's someone that's just like a weird guy. That's just like, I'm going to let him cry it out. This is how it works. We're just going to let him suffer Mm -hmm. through this and going to ignore him. I'm going to put him like, I mean, they're trying. Actually, this is funny. I don't think I've I've mentioned the story before, but when I, my first kid was born and we went on a flight, I was so nervous. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to like be that parent with the kid crying the whole time. So I made these little gift bags. The bags.
0: Like, I've heard of these. Yeah. I like it. <laughs>
2: with like a little Starbucks card for like a, a drink in there and like a little note being like, so sorry. I cried through the plane. Now, nine years later, I hope somebody has a problem with my kid crying so that I may vent my spleen upon them. I will destroy somebody. I just, I hope some, I was on a flight where it was just me. I was on a flight with just me. And there was a kid like in a row behind me and the kid was like crying. And there's a guy in like a row or two ahead of me just kept looking back to be like, oh, like looking back, like like does everyone else notice? As he looked at me to be like, you, it bothers you too, right? And I'm like, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I like, with my end mouth, you. I, did, I didn't say it, but I mouthed it, I was like,
0: uh, just for the listener at home, Kaveh is currently mouthing. Fuck you.
2: I mean, it's not his private jet. are the parent supposed to do? Like uh, smother the kid with a pillow? Like you don't have like a choice. The kid is like crying.
0: Are you familiar with the James Corden crying baby on a plane story? No, no. Oh, okay. Well, allow me to share. Uh, so someone online um, posted, you know, James Corden is he's that late night host that just got fired for costing millions of dollars to the network that airs his show (laughs) (laughs) because no one watches it. Uh, Yeah. Um, And no one really likes him, but Mm -hmm. someone posted this story once and it's always stuck with me. Um, They said, you know, I got on a plane once and I uh, saw this woman with a screaming, crying baby and She was sat in her seat and the baby just immediately started screaming before the doors even closed. And then on walks James Corden and it turns out he's sitting right next to this woman. And I'm worried like there's going to be like this celebrity meltdown because the baby is just crying and crying and crying. But James Corden just he pulls out some headphones, he puts them on, he closes his eyes and he just like tries to remain relaxed and he i'm actually like really impressed that he was not angry at this child like the kid cried the entire flight from like LA to New York or something and then when the plane lands uh you know they turn off the seatbelt light and you know James Corden takes off his headphones he gets up and he starts to walk down the aisle and then the woman says James You didn't help at all with the baby. Could you at least get the fucking luggage down? (laughs) I do not know if this is true. Uh, (laughs) But I do believe it 100% that James Corden ignored his child and his wife (laughs) through an entire cross.
2: I am choosing to believe that story. It makes it a billion times better. (laughs) A billion times better. All right. Well, speaking of crying babies and diapers loaded with shit, let's talk about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., (laughs) Okay, let's. Uh, one of the reasons, again, I'm going to bring this up. Your videos, Rebecca, are fantastic. I love Thank them. You. They are always uh, point me in the right direction of things I should be paying attention to if I'm not already. Um, and you did one on him recently, so I wanted to cover this. So a little bit of his background here: environmental lawyer. He's actually he seems to have done a lot in that regards. He is the son, obviously, of Robert F. Kennedy of the famous Kennedys. Um, he is an author. He's had like 10 books or something published. He is the host of a radio show called The Ring of Fire, which would only be an okay name if it was about like diarrhea. So <laughs> I, it's a really dumb name. Or Johnny Cash. <laughs> right, if it was like a Johnny Cash like cover yeah. band. You know? Johnny um, Cash
0: and or diarrhea.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a really fine line there. Yeah. Um, the thing about this guy, really, since 2005, he's been anti-vax. He's been really, even maybe even before that. Uh, yeah, maybe, I think even before that. that, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, and he's been trying to make this, advocate this connection between vaccines and autism. And, and as you might imagine, he's been against COVID vaccines. And now we have to to worry about him. Rebecca, can you first tell me why we have to worry about him? And can you tell us a little bit more about this very
0: silly, silly man <laughs> sure. Yeah, the re like we shouldn't have to worry about him. Um, he 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 should be old news by now, and it's uh bonkers to me that we even have to be talking about him in the year of our Lord 2023. But uh he we're talking about him because he has announced that he is running for president against Joe Biden as a Democrat. And like I, I'm not I'm not a political scientist, but pretty sure that when Biden officially declares that he is running, I don't think they're even going to have a primary. I don't know. But yeah. RFK Jr. says he's going to primary Joe Biden. Um yeah. And it's nuts because uh, he is, you know, like a lifelong, like his whole family. He has, he's generationally democratic. Yeah. He is inherited a Democrat liberal, but he is, yeah, he is uh, viciously anti-vaccine and has been for so long that uh, I, w- I was actually looking up like when's the earliest. I remember talking about this guy and I found my friend, Phil plate wrote uh, a, a post about him a literal decade ago. And even then he wrote like, he's been doing this for at least a decade. So it's been at least 20 years that yeah. he has been pushing anti-vaccine nonsense. And when I say that, I mean, the full, everything you, if you are a, uh, aware of this argument uh, at all, he's done it all. He's done the um, MMR vaccine is autism and uh, Andrew Wakefield is a silenced hero. And he has an entire nonprofit that pushes this BS. Um, And yeah, and not only that, but he has been vociferous about it. And whenever he's been criticized He uh, reaches out and tries to argue with journalists about how he's right and they're wrong. And uh, he's just like hard. He's not just um, there are a lot of people that skirt anti-vaccine talking points like I'm not against all vaccines. I just think we need more research. And some of them are dangerous and some of them aren't. No, he's. Like he will say that as well. They all do. Right, right. right. <laughs> but but his track record is very clearly anti vaccine, all vaccines. Very um very pseudoscience. And uh he's a crackpot. do yeah.
2: do, do you actually I mean, you mentioned neither one of us is a political scientist, but and we don't I don't think either one of us would have ever imagine that he would win, but I mean we've seen weirder shit happen we've seen a reality show guy become president. Um, So it's not inconceivable. Um, But I guess my question is, even if he doesn't win, how do you see this adversely affecting the the election?
0: Well, you know, so uh, Steve Bannon, the former Trump strategist, Uh, explicitly told the world that he convinced RFK Jr. to run as a Democrat, as a, quote, chaos agent. Mm -hmm. He is trying to sow discord amongst Democrats. Um, That said, you know, and I I said this in my video, you know, we, we can't take chances because we all saw what happened like, no, none of us thought that J- Donald Trump would go anywhere when he first threw his hat in the ring. Uh, so no one ever went broke, uh, underestimated, overestimating American idiocy, whatever that yeah. quote is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you just edit this to put in the correct quote? Oh, our uh, editing
2: machine broke. I'm sorry. Uh, stay in. Yeah. Mm,
0: well, okay. People can Google it. But- uh, <laughs> So I don't wanna take chances, but I do, honestly, I do think that if anything, he's more likely to pull votes from Trump fans. So I don't I don't know that this is going to be a disaster for uh, Democrats in the next election, but I just, I wanted to make a video because I wanted it to be very clear, like that this guy is a quack that who you should not even consider voting for. And, you know, I have in recent years started reading my YouTube comments again. YouTube kind of like forces you to, to mm. help the algorithm. Like I have to respond to things. So oh,
2: boy, that's tragic.
0: I know, but I am, I'm in a pretty good headspace these days. So I literally just pour, <laughs> I it's Friday night. I pour a glass of wine and I'm like, let's go, baby. Let's
2: do it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And I actually I saw a lot of people in my YouTube comments who were like, "Uh, this lady says RFK juniors anti-vaccine. Uh, no, he isn't." And it, they, there's no, they have no evidence or anything. It's just like "no, uh," is their answer. But that's enough for some people. Yeah. So right. there, there are a lot of either there are a lot of RFK stands out there, or there's a lot of like bots <laughs> that right. have been purchased. To yeah. make it look like that and either way that's a little concerning and so we need to push back on it
2: yeah so so dan you know um you specialize in adolescent neurology here let's just real quick just make it very <laughs> clear is there any connection between vaccines and autism no fact, okay yeah. no. episode's over that's it. <laughs> that's it that's all i get no that's all. that's all you get dan that's all. <laughs> i'm sorry go on
3: Yeah, in fact, we have lots and lots of data over uh, probably good 20 or uh, so years with millions of kids and lots of studies in different countries, all showing the same thing that vaccines do not cause autism. And and RFK junior is aware of all that data. He's been shown all that data and continues to double down on his just absurd views. Including, I mean, I can't tell you how many times this guy has compared vaccines to the Holocaust. And not oh. even, like, in the era of COVID. Like, it was way before COVID vaccines, he was making Holocaust comparisons, like, <laughs> all the time. And yet, you know, again, I'm a child neurologist. I, I see kids every week. We, we still don't have this, you know, Holocaust of children that, that he's talking about. And so uh, I think he actually said the Holocaust was better than vaccines because yeah. he said that you can hi- – and Frank could hide from Hitler – but mm-hmm. we can't hide from vaccine mandates.
1: And
0: it's like, could she? Yeah. Could she? She, she demonstrated that's the whole point
3: of her story. You didn't obviously <laughs> read her story, you terrible human being. And so, yeah, no, he's
2: he's the worst. He's the. Absolute yeah, worst. an early adapter of that inappropriate Holocaust reference. Uh, mm-hmm. It's really unfortunate. Let me ask you guys a question. I asked this, um, I had uh, Robert Evans on, the host of Behind the Bastards, a while back, and we talked about Andrew Wakefield quite a bit. Because he had studied him. And I asked him, I said, what do you think? You've like looked into him pretty in-depth here. Do you feel like he actually believed it? Or do you feel like it was just he found a marketing scheme? And he was like, he thought the guy was too smart to believe it. And sort of knew what he was doing. And found like an easy way out of a very difficult profession. Where do you guys feel RFK is on this? Do you think he's a true believer? Or do you feel... Like, he's kind of knows his niche. He's found something that can give him some leverage. I mean, he has the Kennedy name, so you wouldn't think he would need some shtick. But it's hard out there to make, like, a name for yourself and, and to build a brand. Do you feel like that was part of it? Do you feel like he really believes it?
3: I think I think he probably has become to believe it, like, over time. Maybe he didn't believe in the beginning, but there, there's this phenomenon of audience capture that I think is really fascinating. That, you know, as you start to get this audience, you need to maintain that audience. And so you say and do things that maybe you didn't originally believe, but now you've kind of deluded yourself into believing them. And I think that's like what we see with social media, right? How all these echo chambers form within social media. He was just doing it well
2: before social media was even established.
1: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things he, I'm oh, sorry, Rebecca.
0: I, I was going to concur and, and, and just point out that, um, yeah, I, it's funny. I, I was just talking about this on another podcast. I just did the financial diet. You can edit that out. If your editor starts working and you don't want me to cross promote, No, promote, but... <laughs> promote away. But I, I talked about how when it comes to psychics and MLM, pyramid scheme people, um, you usually start out believing it, but you once you reach a certain point, you either have to come to the terms with the fact that you are ripping people off or you give up. Um, however, in the case of things like what RFK Jr. is doing, I do um I agree with Dan in that there's this um investment when you make something a part of your identity when you make a a belief a part of your identity it becomes so important for you to maintain that belief rather than give it up and I do like I so I cannot say whether or not he is a grifter or if he is invested Um, in this quote unquote cause. But I can say that it would be understandable if a high profile person makes a particular position an integral part of their identity. And the thing, not just like that is the main thing about their personality, but also the main reason why everyone in the world cares about what they have to say then that's a huge impetus for them to continue telling themselves that they are right and that everybody else is wrong. And in my um, so I, in in my video about RFK Jr., I talk about how he contacted uh, Bill Plate's editor uh, and and I should mention I didn't I forgot to my editor a few times too at Slate, uh, mm. Laura Helmuth. Um, she was the science editor there. RFK Jr. contacted her to argue about Phil's article, and I found it very revealing because he kept lying to her about these other scientists who said one thing publicly and then agreed with him privately, but he gave those scientists names, and so Lara followed up with them, and they were like, no, I never said that. Like, all of them were like, he is just making this up. Yeah. And- why would he lie about something that's so easily disprovable? And I think maybe it's because he actually believes it. He like in his yeah. brain, he's like, well, secretly, they, they said this, but secretly they agree with me.
2: And and, and from his perspective, it's, a, it's sort of a smart play because all he has to say is, no, they're afraid to say the truth. Mm-hmm. He's, they're afraid to say the truth. Like, they told yes. me, but they're afraid to say it in public. I mean, which is how do you disprove that unless someone recorded it, you know?
0: Yes, but at the same time, you know, like when he is saying that, does he know that he is saying that as a clever, unprovable lie? Right, right. I don't know, actually. I yeah, don't know. Yeah. There's a very good chance he's saying that because he actually believes it. All
2: right. So so Dan, one of the things he talks about a lot is thimerosal. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but it's- the of... Thimerosal? <laughs> How do you know? Who's ever, what have you ever heard it?
0: Why are you Wait. judging me? Wait i only have to correct you because i pronounce everything wrong because i read everything and you are a doctor
2: <laughs> prescribe that it's a compound in a vaccine what are you talking about
3: both right because the british way is thiomersal, which is and so you could say it either way so
0: all, like, right, all right all okay. right see mm-hmm. all right agree
2: to disagree rebecca agree to
0: disagree
2: anyway so it is this compound which has been proven to be safe and it has they put it in to prevent microbial infection and it does have some i guess uh mercury in it uh, and that's really what they have clung to as like this is the thing that's in the vaccines that's causing the the autism can, can you tell us a little bit about that dan is there any relationship to it is it still in vaccines
3: yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of how RFK got started. He was very anti-mercury, uh, right? For first environmentally, and then also in vaccines. And he found out there was this uh, compound. So thimerosal has uh, uh, a mercury; it's a mercury-containing compound, and it was in vaccines, uh, pretty much, uh, maybe not all. Actually, sorry, about half of childhood vaccines uh, pre-2001 or so. Uh, And like you said, it was a preservative. It's because certain uh, vaccines need to make sure that they are very stable uh, after the manufacturing process and don't grow any bacteria or anything like that. Uh, And so they had this in the vaccines for a long time. He said, this causes autism and other people too, it wasn't just him, obviously, but the anti-vax movement basically said, this is the cause of autism. We found it, right? It's the mercury. So the American Academy of Pediatrics, the CDC, the FDA, they all got together and said, of an abundance of precaution. We'll just go ahead and remove thimerosal from vaccines. So, as of two thousand one, two thousand two, it has been removed from every single childhood vaccine, except multi-dose flu vaccines, and that's because they have to reintroduce a needle into the vial for the flu vaccines, and that's and that can create bacterial growth. Uh, but otherwise, it is completely out of childhood vaccines. And so, the idea that thimerosal causes autism is ridiculous because we've only seen autism rates continue to go up. In the last 20 years it has clearly nothing to do with thimerizal you would think that would like in the argument right <laughs> there and there <clears throat> he's done right no he doubles down and says oh but there's trace amounts in the manufacturing process that are left over and uh well there's the flu vaccine that you know still has thimerizal in it mom could have gotten the flu vaccine when she was pregnant you know it, like he is bent over backwards the mental gymnastics needed to continue to believe this is mind-boggling but he is he is deep into it that's what he does so
0: dan i have a question that i've always wondered um and have never actually asked anyone that might know uh did the removal of thimerosal actually change anything to for the negative for vaccines or did they just have to change I don't know how frequently they have to throw out expired vaccines mm-hmm. or something like that. In theory, I don't know
3: the data, but in theory, it should make them more expensive. That was the reason they didn't want to do okay. it Because now you have to yeah. make each one into like individual vials. You can't do multi-dose vials except for the flu vaccine. right? And uh, the shelf life was probably not as good. So there, there were yeah, caveats there that made it more expensive for the vaccine manufacturers, which is ironic, right? Because here's pharma actually doing something kind of good for people, right? right. And they're like, all right, we'll take the thimerosal out. And right. they
2: give some credit for that. So.
0: Right. They're like, no, we're going to continue suing you for vaccine injuries, yeah. just because.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Let me just ask you while, while we're on the topic. So with the rates of autism going up, where do most people feel that that's due to?
3: There's a lot of different theories. Um, so we know that through like twin studies and stuff like that, that there's a large genetic component to autism. Uh, there's probably some environmental factors too it's very very uh, complex Um, but the bulk of it is clearly genetic and the reason that that could go up so people always say well you know genetics aren't changing right so why would things be going up so there are a couple different phenomena that also play into it one is diagnostic substitution so things that used to just fall under like an intellectually disabled or what we used to call mental retardation label. Now we're called autism because if you have a diagnostic label of autism, you get a lot more services available through school systems and things like that Mm -hmm. that you wouldn't Mm -hmm. get in some of the other diagnostic labels that we used to use. And they've done studies on this that showed that a a sizable uh, reason for the increase has been this diagnostic substitution or broadening of the criteria. Um, but clearly that's not all of it. You know, we're still looking into, you know, there's like every year or two, there's some new study that says, oh, well maybe in utero exposure to some sort of, you know, something can cause autism. We we don't know. And and I I think a lot of times those studies are pretty, um, uh, pretty weak. Uh, and so the the reproducibility is certainly lacking.
2: Okay. So it's the mercury. I got it. Okay. Um, Rebecca, tell us about the children's health defense. You mentioned this nonprofit that he is, um, the founder and chairman of who, who are they targeting? How are they doing it? What's their deal?
0: So yeah, children's health defense is a nonprofit that, uh, RFK junior runs and in, in the vein of a thousand pseudoscience celebrities before him, he's learned that a single person can only spread misinformation so far, but you can actually (laughs) get paid by the government in a way to, (laughs) to, to have credibility and boost even further. And so his nonprofit does things like hold conferences where RFK Jr. quite famously said that and frank had it better than people who are oh. facing vaccine mandates uh they've also um they tend to really focus on marginalized communities which are also the people that um real doctors try to focus on because uh they've been so abused by the um the pharmaceutical industry and the medical industry in general in this country and around the world, they're the people who are the most difficult to, for instance, uh, get vaccinated thanks to lack of resources, lack of access to even a primary care physician, let alone a place to get vaccinated. Uh, They're the people that are working full time and, you know, commuting, hours on public transportation just to do that. They're the people who are in our critical jobs that we are forcing, that we forced to go to work throughout this pandemic that were most likely to get COVID and then spread it to their families um, against their will, you know. And at the same time, they're the same people who remember things like the Tuskegee experiments, you know, where, you know, the like uh people of color black people women as well have been um not just abandoned by the medical institution in the united states and elsewhere but also like actively harmed by them and so those are the people who who good uh, doctors uh, and good institutions most need to reach out to to protect them and to give them the resources they need to, for instance, get vaccinated. Um, and so RFK Jr. obviously sees that as a target market and has put out uh, videos explicitly calling on things like the Tuskegee experiments in order to continue to sow distrust in current medical um, recommendations like vaccinations and trying to get these marginalized communities to not vaccinate themselves and their children. And to me, that is the most disgusting thing that he can be doing because it's, it's bad enough when we see measles outbreaks happening in um wealthy enclaves of orange county you know because jenny mccarthy told people that it's not cool to vaccinate back in the 90s and early 2000s but it's uh to me it's an order of magnitude worse to play on systemic inequalities in order to actually exacerbate those inequalities and Mm to uh, make people more likely to get sick and to die when they're already in a situation where uh, they're having trouble getting good medical care. So yeah, I think it's maybe the most disgusting thing. JFK or RFK Jr. has done yeah. J- JFK Jr. is alive and well and is cute. Uh, but yeah. RFK Jr. is
2: <laughs> It's deeply cynical and upsetting and i agree it is it's a problem you know um before we move on i actually saw another real bummer of a of a fact not quite as bad obviously that's that's the worst but when i was reading up on him did you know that he actually back in 2017 he worked a little bit with robert de niro on anti-vax stuff he gave this press conference at the national press club in dc where they basically accused the press of acting as propaganda agents for the vaccination industry and it really bummed me out that Robert De Niro was a part of that you you knew that
0: I did know that because I dated a guy that ran the Tribeca Film Festival and Robert De Niro once like opened the Tribeca Film Festival with a with an anti-vaccine documentary
2: oh what a fucking bummer
0: (laughs) yeah no it is like it is definitely one of, it was an important step in my um, evolution to, you know, like uh, kill the author, sort <laughs> of, you yeah. know, love the art, hate the artist, it's fine.
2: You, you know, I, it was a fun little quick aside. Um, I actually once had a long conversation with Robert De Niro's ma- uh, assistant, like personal assistant. and in the, in the, And I was like, hey, by the way, just thank your boss for me for never having been in a movie where he kills Iranians or Arabs. You know, I'm just like, because that list in Hollywood is pretty fucking low. Like yeah. John Leguizamo saying shit about the Mario movie, not being that inclusive. I'm like, fuck you and the executive decision movie that you were in. Okay. He was Well, he was joking about
0: that, but you can yeah. still fuck him for
2: that. Yeah, fuck him for it. But, but you, <laughs> so I'm like, it's a small list. Right. Yeah. I'm like, so yeah. thank you. And the, the assistant was like horrified that that was a fact. He was like, no, that, that's, that's not true. Is it, is it, is it true? He was like disturbed. He was like that. That's not on purpose. That's not, that's not on purpose that he did that.
0: Well, who else is on the list? Just so we can skip to the next, like, good one. Uh, Matt Damon, kind of. He was
2: in like a war movie, but he—it he was, like, was about trauma, and it wasn't like pro, like, killing Middle Easterners. It was that movie with like, where um, the one, the lady, Meg Ryan, she like was a helicopter pilot. Proof,
0: in proof of life.
2: No, no, that yeah. was a that was with Russell Crowe, who I don't think either. That Has I think he ever killed? It. her? I have to check on that have to check on that but the list is pretty low i'm pretty sure ben okay. affleck ben affleck was in argo which is there's a lot of problems there yeah, so, yeah hmm. that's on
0: the that's on yeah. the
2: border so there's not that many anyway
0: Steve Buscemi. Okay.
2: um god he's been in so many things i can't say that he
0: hasn't i don't think he's ever killed an iranian
2: he, he's great i love steve so if, he, if that is true trust me i'm gonna look this up once we're done with this episode i'm gonna we're gonna i'm gonna text you later um <laughs> All right. Before we leave, before we leave him, I, I should also note that multiple family members in the Kennedy family have spoken out against him, including Carrie Kennedy uh, Meltzer, who is a doctor, um, and she argued that her uncle basically has. She she wrote an article about like how he's uh being harmful to the basically the whole world with this. Um, but let's let's move on to other uh, absurd vaccine-related theories um, and something I posted on the Twitter feed recently, it's uh, about those videos that you might have seen of people with the vaccine and some vaccine-related injury where they're basically shaking or having like a seizure-like activity. So basically, it looks like since January of this year, um, Twitter really at first, it kind of slowed down, was really inundated at first with all these videos of people, usually white women, posting their videos of themselves like having these near like constant seizures after getting the the vaccine it seems like it all kind of started from uh a post that uh elon musk responded to where he said something along the lines of actually i ran down hold on a second i had major side effects from my second booster shot felt like i was dying for several days hopefully no permanent damage but i don't know and so musk tweeted that and then following that these videos This was started- actually about his divorce wasn't it
0: wasn't <laughs> it's, about grimes it's leaving all
2: him? about his divorce <laughs> this whole thing has been about his divorce <laughs> anyways so then we see all these videos so actually let me just start by saying dan can you can you help for listeners who are listening who are not you know terminally online like some of us are Can you describe what these videos are like uh, to people? And before we get into what you think is really happening, can you describe what you're seeing in these videos?
0: Just like a third person, like no judgment, what is happening on the screen?
3: So I feel like most of these videos contain um, a person experiencing what appear to be neurological symptoms, um, usually of kind of big movements, big body movements of the arms, legs, trunk, head, uh, very kind of apparently involuntary, um, erratic type movements. And, okay. And usually they describe in the video themselves that this is not something they can control and they think it's from the vaccine.
0: Can I describe it now?
3: Please,
2: I was going to ask.
0: Gas station floppy guy.
2: Just doing the floppy station, the floppy gas station guy, sorry. Uh, it's fantastic. Can you just keep doing that?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'm gonna do this the rest of the yeah. podcast, or yeah. or Elaine a, a Bennett. Dancing.
2: Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. That's, um, that's what. So I posted, I posted that on um, Twitter. I was like, "What? Who can describe what I'm seeing here?" And that was the most common response was the uh, Elaine Bennett. Is it Bennett or Bennett? I never watched the show. Oh, maybe
0: Bennett. Yeah, maybe Bennett. I don't, know.
2: I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, but that's a pretty accurate description. So, Dan, what is actually happening here so there's two really important disclaimers one uh you have post vaccine injury you
0: and you and you are their doctor and, and you can comment on yes. their actual diagnosis. he has been
2: shaking the whole time people you don't see this because yeah. it's a audio only recording but and the, the only reason
0: kave knows him is because he reached out to all of these people for comment they said please speak to my doctor dr dan friedman yeah, Exactly. Yeah.
3: Um and I'm boosted like crazy. I think I've <laughs> three four total. Yeah, so a lot of boosters. Mm-hmm. So. Lots of boosters. Yeah. Um so disclaimer is that one, you know, the and a really important part of examining a patient is the neurological exam. Uh without seeing a patient in person, it's really hard to know what's going on just from a usually these video clips are 20 to 30 seconds in length. Um Definitely in neurology, modern neurology, videos are exceptionally important. So patient videos really can make or break a diagnosis, but in that broader context of knowing what's going on with that patient. Taking a video in isolation is a very, very challenging thing to make a, di- a definite diagnosis. You make kind of probable diagnoses, but it's sure. um The second disclaimer is that um, you know I, I'm a pediatric neurologist, so I, I don't really see adults. Uh, I don't specialize in movement disorders, which is what most of these patients are exhibiting. Um, but I do have a special interest in what are called psychogenic non-epileptic seizures um, or functional seizures is another term for it. And these are things that look like epileptic seizures, but they're not. Uh, and, you know, people used to call it hysteria. It's, it's got this very long, complicated history. And that's what we think some of these patients are experiencing. And some of them even say in their videos, I was diagnosed with this, you know, quack thing or whatever, but really that's actually the mainstream medicine piece piece of it. And then unfortunately they get lost to the quack world by getting chelation and other stuff for their supposed vaccine injury. So what is happening, at least for some of these, I think it is a functional neurological disorder, probably. Big caveat there. Can't say definitively. Uh, and so it's important to kind of have a little bit of humility in in, in making a diagnosis like that. Because we don't know what's going on. But if I had a guess, that would be true for some of these patients. I don't think a lot of them are faking. You just like for like actual malingering in medicine is exceptionally rare. I think a very, very low percentage of these patients are actually faking their symptoms. And when you think about what it takes to fake symptoms like that, it's pretty, it would be pretty hard to do. Like if you just tried to do this yourself, it's, and that's why I think uh, functional disorders are fascinating because it's not volitional. It appears volitional, but it's not what we think about about what it is, is a disruption of agency. So agency is the subjective feeling of control over your own body, the ability to control movement. And so having lost that control, you get these kind of voluntary appearing movements, but they're really not voluntary. Um, So it's a weird weird area, we don't fully understand it. We definitely don't understand how vaccines um, relate to some of these videos, What I see when I see patients, uh, I've had a couple of patients say, you know, I think it could be the vaccine. I tell them, well, really anything that causes you to experience symptoms in your body, any feelings in your body. So having COVID, having any infection, having any sort of head trauma or like, you know, any medical illness really can predispose you to having these symptoms. So the idea that it's the vaccine causing it, it's kind of like, well, it's whatever happened to come along that triggered the symptoms. It's not really the vaccine. And so that's how I think about it. That's how I would explain to a patient. And I feel sometimes we're a little bit too quick to jump on the, this person's obviously a grifter. And it's like, I, I don't know they're a grifter. Why, why would we jump to that? It's not, the dichotomy shouldn't be, this is either, uh, you know, seizures or a hoax. There's something, a, a huge middle ground in between where it's not, I don't think it's very likely that they're grifters. You know, Rebecca,
0: I was- yeah, Rebecca, yeah. I was just out to I was out to dinner last night, um, and I happened to overhear some people at another table talking about being hypnotized. They had all gone to some uh, some show separately, though. Like throughout their lives, they were just talking about uh, shows they had been to with hypnotism and where they or their friends were hypnotized. And one of them had been hypnotized. And the guy uh, that was talking to her was like so, you know, do you remember everything that happened? And she's like, he, yeah, I do. And he's like, and so you just like, couldn't help but do things. And she's, there's a long pause where she was like, well, I did feel like if I didn't want to do something, I didn't have to do it. But I also felt like this is the show and I want to do it. And I want, and so I did feel, he's like, so were you hypnotized? And she said, yes, I would call it, like, I did feel, and it's funny because I, I didn't connect all of this until you were just speaking about this, but it does kind of make me think about how uh, as humans, like it's, it's not necessarily cut and dry where we're faking it, but sometimes we are going along with something or we are unquestioning of something or um, like there are all these gray areas. And so I don't know. Have you ever thought in terms of like how some of these people and, and also I think there's maybe a difference between um, the number of people that are uh, going to a neurologist about these problems compared to the ones who are going on to social media about these problems. And so I'm wondering how many like if how many of these people on social social media do you think are maybe in that kind of like hypnotized sort of zone where they're not necessarily, um, they wouldn't be having these epileptic type seizures or whatever if they if there weren't a TikTok for them to videotape themselves on. But because there is, they're going along with what they feel they should be doing. Like they were vaccinated. They know vaccines cause these issues. And so now like that's what their body is doing.
3: So there is... Um probably some some degree of suggestibility component to it i think is what you're getting i kind of uh and actually some people think that you can use hypnosis to treat this too because of that kind of reversing that suggestibility uh personally i i'm not a believer in that that's not what the data says but that's that's just out there just so you know
1: right um
3: and and so yeah i think there probably is some component of that uh, at least for some some of these patients uh and the um What's so bizarre about this disorder is that, uh, so let's say these patients have functional neurologicals Don't know that, but let's say they do. They would be pretty indistinguishable from a lot of the patients I see every week. And so I cannot tell you just by looking at the symptoms, yeah, that is F and D or not F and D because what often happens in um, in like the ER or whatever, is people see these really bizarre symptoms and say, well, that can't be real, you have to
1: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its
0: tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
3: To be fake. And yeah, there's a right. huge gulf in between. So, does social media kind of widen and almost empower that gulf? I think so. Yeah, I think that there are. Uh, there is a way, you know, one of the concerns that a lot of doctors in, um, uh, have when patients start posting stuff on social media about their symptoms is, are they getting some sort of uh, gain from it? So even though it's not like in the, you know, we learn about the main categories of kind of non-neurological disease is this factitious disorder where they're actually faking it and getting some sort of primary gain, uh, or there can be uh, some things where you get like a secondary gain. And so some people think that maybe even the attention from social media is a secondary game. I'm not sure that I believe that. I think for the vast majority of patients, what we're seeing is they they have these symptoms develop, whether it's after COVID, after vaccine or whatever, they post their symptoms on social media, uh, or actually, sorry, typically they go to the doctor first, I would say, is what often happens. Your doctors, primary care doctors, oftentimes even neurologists will say, well, you're you're either faking it, or this is all in your head, or this is stress, and they just kind of boot them out the door. And they refer them to like psychotherapy and they just say psychotherapy will fix your problems. And, and the implication that patients often have from this diagnosis is that doctor told me I'm crazy, that these symptoms are all within my control, I'm faking it, I'm crazy. And so this is what they hear on the medical side of things, like protected by HIP and all that stuff. Then they come to social media because they're desperate and they hear the same stuff, maybe even worse, right? And so, and, and the one thing that we know about this disorder is that it's not fake. Uh, we don't always know what causes it. We have some good treatments. Uh, we probably still need to develop better treatments, but the idea that you know patients are faking it really bothers me because I think the vast, vast majority of patients in these videos and just in, in any ER in America that you go into are not faking these symptoms, but it, it is often portrayed that way one of the reasons I got interested in this field was Desiree Jennings. I don't know if you feel, remember the story of Desiree Jennings. So
0: is she, that the cheerleader? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: 2009 yeah. so um, it's actually how I found Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, too, as I got Yeah.
0: We her. talked about her.
1: Yes.
3: Yeah. So I found Stephen Novella, found uh, <laughs> his blog, and science-based medicine at SGU. So Desiree Jennings was a cheerleader for the Red, Washington Redskins back in 2008, 2009. She uh, claimed to get dystonia from a flu vaccine, and this is like around the time of the swine flu and all that kind of stuff. So there was a lot of um, concern, and it, was, it became a national news story. Twenty twenty covered it. It was it was crazy, and uh, her symptoms were, I mean, really no different than like the video you posted. Uh, yeah, it was very kind of what I would describe as like high amplitude, uh, involuntary appearing movements, uh, and it was immediately branded as. This has to be fake, or she's a grifter. It, it, this is even back then before, really big social media. I guess Facebook was around, but it was yeah. early days. Um, and so, but, you know, eventually she got, uh, Jenny McCarthy connected her with some plaque and she got chelation and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's uh, it was a really frustrating story to watch. And this is before I had any medical training, but I was fascinated mm. by the fact that neurologists were coming out and saying, this is not, a neurological disease, this is a what they called psychogenic back then, what we call functional now, and you can tell this because of this, this, and this, uh, this, you know, woman does not have a side effect to the vaccine, this is more just something that happens spontaneously following the vaccine, basically, um, and so, and it's interesting to me how we're seeing that play out now so many times over with COVID and all of these videos, and it's the same exact thing and this, you know, it's either a mystery illness or it's a hoax, and it's like, there's it's really not that we know what this is we know exactly what this is it's been around for hundreds of years maybe even thousands of years we don't know everything about it but uh but we have pretty good treatments and we know that patients are not faking for sure
0: i one of my frustrations with these stories i'm sorry kaveh i know this is your podcast but
2: it is yeah. yours i know bringing <laughs> you onto the show i bequeath the show to you happily please take okay
0: over. good good um uh, <laughs> One of my frustrations with these stories these days, and I wanna I wanna throw this out there. This was that 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 Desiree Jennings story was what 15 years ago now. Um I bet I was horrible about it. I bet I mocked the shit out of her. Um and but these days, uh I you know, I do have a lot more sympathy for these people. And also I I I do think that there's this. A horrible feedback loop of us thinking of mental disorders as being less than physical disorders. And so when a doctor accurately might say, like, you need mental help for this, it's seen as a dismissal, even if it's not. Because that's the way our entire society is set up. And it's just so frustrating. Because on the one hand, I want to say, Well, it is mental. But on the other hand, but that's real. That's a real mm-hmm. thing. You
2: know? This is this is something we see a lot in medicine, and every form of medicine has its own variation of this, where everything looks okay, it eyeballs fine, the tests all run fine, but there is what we call a functional problem. And that doesn't mean that it's not real. I mean, that patient's really dealing with something. It may surprise people, actually, that I don't think all these people are faking it, like just straight up faking it. Some of them for sure are. I've seen some of these videos are ridiculous. It's people trying to just muddy the waters. There are people trying to show that vaccines can do harm. They feel they're doing good work by doing that, and that may be how they justify it in their heads. But I think for a lot of these people, it's it's not that. But But let me ask you, Dan, when you see a video of someone doing this, How, as a neurologist, when you're looking at it, do you say, this doesn't look like what we would consider typical seizure activity? What are you seeing that's different there?
3: So the two of the key features we look for um, is inconsistency and incongruence with any known neurological disorder.
0: Oh, well, now you've done it. Now they're all going to watch this and they're going to be like, (laughs) oh, now I know how to fake it even better. (laughs) They do
2: love my show. Love it. (laughs) TikTok's oh, wow. about to
0: explode with
2: this. Yeah, <laughs> uh, tell them how that. to do it better, Dan. How do they fake it better? Is what I'm trying to so say.
3: The, I mean, the good thing is, and this is how we know it's not fake, right? Is that you can't fake this, right? So the the so the uh, you know one of the coolest tests that I, I I really just am so fascinated by this concept is during a functional trimmer. So what will happen is there'll be a variable frequency. Whereas like a Parkinson's tremor, there'll be a fixed frequency of the oscillations of the, of the tremor. And so during a functional tremor, you can have the patient, so say it's in their left hand, you can have them open and close or tap with the right hand and the tremor will entrain to the rhythm of the tapping. And it's because our brains are so bad at holding two simultaneous rhythms at one time mm-hmm. that the like loss of agency over that limb gets overpowered by the brain wanting to just execute one rhythm instead of two and so and that's actually one of the ways that we we treat it honestly is we talk to patients about um, so it, it is psychotherapy and, and I'm putting that in quotes um, but like the psychologist I work with what we do is very specific towards the symptoms of how to actually retrain those physical symptoms and retrain the brain to connect with those symptoms what I tell my pediatric patients is it's kind of like trying to rub your bed and uh, rub your so Head. at the same time
0: man you can't it's even talk about it that's how uh that's how tough it <laughs> is yeah, exactly.
2: like too hard. no one can do it
0: <laughs> wait so i okay so this is this is an exclusive for your show cave really uh mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um so i have uh, a hereditary essential tremor uh that i've noticed uh you know over the last few years i see it popping up more and more. So um, are there fun tests that I can do to myself? (laughs) (laughs) If I I notice it happening, yeah, like, I don't know, what can I, give me something, (laughs) give me a way to make it fun instead of just thinking (laughs) about my own impending doom. So literally
3: like a board question, test question, whatever in neurology is, if the trimmer gets better with alcohol so
0: really yeah. so i could immediately be like to my husband like fetch Grab me a beer. drink <laughs> <laughs> so wait if, if it yeah, gets better than what
3: so that, that helps confirm. So typically, you know, there's a family history there and there's a fr- uh, frequency of the tremor. Uh, so there's all these, all these little characteristics that we use to evaluate it. But then, yeah, one of the like textbook answers is, does it get better with alcohol? And you almost universally patients will say, yes, it does. And so, so really, yeah, there's your party trick. You just, you know, have a little bit of tremor, then have a little whiskey and see what happens.
0: That's why I haven't felt it in months. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on a bender since yeah. <laughs> March. Oh, man. we have this to still talk March? about that later. No, it's April. That yeah. yeah. Like... <laughs> oh,
2: man, it's been a rough one. Um, so, 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 Dan, just let's be real clear, though. Um, we're saying that this might not be for everyone faking. It's mostly, we think, these functional issues. Do you think that it is related to the vaccine directly? Like, is there some compound in some mercury trace in there that's causing this. Is there any evidence? And if so, why is it only affecting white conservative women? So, so there's a lot of good questions in
3: there. Uh, the So first of all, the mercury piece. Uh, RFK you think would would love these modern vaccines because none of them contain mercury, right? There's no thimerosal on any of these vaccines. Uh, they're really simple, elegant vaccines. They have the mRNA. They have like a little bit of salt, a little bit of sugar. There's really not much to them. Hmm. And so very, very, very simple. And, and they're very effective, right? We know that they have saved millions of lives.
0: You just um, described uh, my perfect margarita. Right? A <laughs> little salt, little sugar, very effective, saves a lot of lives. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so the... <laughs> There's no thimerosal, mercury, anything like that. Um, There's no real, like, um, reason to think that it would cause a neurological disorder. Um, And within functional neurological disorders, we think that um, anything that causes disruptions and kind of that pathway of agency and how you perceive your sense of control over your body and things that influence that are having any medical illness, having recent, you know, infectious illness. Um, And since, you know, vaccines can make you feel things right, you have side effects to vaccines, it's possible that that could happen. Um, But I would say it's no different than anything else than, you know, being dehydrated or being tired or having a concussion or, you know, whatever happens to you that makes you feel a little bit different that day. Um, And then so I, I would say that's not a direct cause from the vaccine. It's a very indirect me- mechanism that we don't fully understand. You would need to have some risk factors kind of probably present before that happens. And then something pushes that over the edge, whether it's a, you know, intercurrent illness, vaccine, whatever. Um, but I don't think it's a clear, clear cause. We have no no data, actually, to be perfectly honest. There's no clear clinical data saying that, um, vaccines cause functional neurological disorders. In fact, if anything, we have data saying it doesn't probably.
0: Can I highlight just one of the things that you mentioned there that I find it's, it's one of, I guess it's one of my personal uh, interests, but it's the idea that it, it's the idea of personal autonomy and that feeling like someone feeling like they no longer have control often leads to so many um issues like, uh, you know, including a belief in the supernatural and turning to, you know, snake oil salesmen and things like that. Um, When our institutions that we rely upon, when we feel like they are abandoning us or that they are against us, that's when we turn to these alternatives. And that's when we are most at risk of being taken advantage of and also most at risk of magical thinking that might damage us so i i just want to like call that out because you mentioned it do you think that that's a um maybe a an important part of this idea that if someone has already heard a lot of misinformation about the vaccines and about um big pharma and the CDC wanting to control them, and then they go out and they get this vaccine and they get maybe like a mild side effect, but could that not be combined with an ignorance of what is actually happening in their body combined with um, this feeling of a loss of control and a loss of sense of self could those things not be really important towards this idea of like pushing towards this uh, what what we see happening?
3: I think it's possible. Um, unfortunately, we don't really know, but I think that it's, that definitely could be the case because at least for some some people, because we kind of primed people right for this right with RFK
0: and all these people out there. Primed is a is a great word, yeah, there was yeah. So much anti vaccine
3: misinformation, even before the vaccines came out. I'm in one of the clinical, or I was. I finally graduated out of the clinical trial for the Pfizer vaccine, but I was one of the first people, the first like I don't know, forty thousand people to get the vaccine in this country, and people were already talking about how these vaccines are so dangerous and blah blah blah. I was like we didn't even have the data yet back in like you know December 2021. We finally got that data. Yeah, Um, People didn't care. They were already ready, just chomping at the bit to uh, smear the the safety of the vaccine. So I think people were a bit primed for that, for sure. Um, And it's a really challenging area to work in because, again, we can't be definitive or conclusive. We don't have that data to back that up. But we have a pretty good idea of what causes this and what doesn't cause this. We, we have a very good idea that vaccines are safe and are unlikely to be a primary cause of this type of disorder. Um, but the way that you debunk that, because if you kind of try to pre-bunk this, are you then also contributing to that, right? The
0: priming, yeah. <laughs> so you have to
3: wait for it to happen and then give kind of vague statements about how, you know, we've seen these videos, we know that this can happen. We know that this isn't related. Just trust us. We're neurologists, kind of. And, and so it's a, it's a very challenging place to be. Because
0: in. the people that end up doing it already don't trust you because you're a neurologist. Exactly. And the and
3: the the belief thing that you're saying I think is really powerful because they didn't get pushed into this world of essentially magic, right? Homeopathy and alternative yeah. and stuff like that. And and like Desiree Jennings got chelated and. Uh, got all these like IV vitamin C infusions like none of that's going to make any difference for this non-existent vaccine and I think that's the biggest issue with you know trying to blame vaccines is that then what are you going to you can't remove the toxin that isn't there but that's what RFK and everybody else would say of course so
2: right is there you mentioned this uh, cheerleader case but I'm wondering about other historical precedents like there was that weird phenomenon back in like the 14th century, whatever, England, where they would have the dancing plague, the choreomania, St. John's something, St. John's dance, not war, um where like people were like right. a whole town would like kind of like start like, oh, I can't stop dancing. We're all loud. You can't, this is
0: so People who who dance themselves to death or who laugh right. themselves to death in, in, um Somewhere in Africa in the sixties, I think.
2: That is yeah. a horror movie. Holy yeah. crap, I haven't mm-hmm. heard about that one. That is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. But like, is that is this along the same lines as that? You think? Um,
3: there are probably some shared characteristics. Uh, so technically, people tend to think of them as as distinct entities, but maybe there's a little bit of overlap in some of the features. Um, and so that, it, what people used to call mass hysteria, and we now call mass psychogenic illness or mass sociogenic illness, it is a fascinating phenomena Uh, and and also poorly understood of course but uh but it's just it's been around since yeah about the uh 13 1400s or so uh dancing epidemics laughing epidemics meowing epidemics people thought they were cats or something Uh,
2: that's kind of (laughs) rad we have conventions for that now just so you
3: know the (laughs) great
0: furry plague of (laughs) 16.
2: (laughs) Um, okay, I, uh, I, was,
0: I was thinking of the Tanganyika laughing, laughing epidemic of 1960. Yeah, that, one, that one is is
3: crazy because yeah. was, that crossed over like almost an entire country thousands of children and like different schools like no real connect like it, it's it's pretty wild how that stuff works yeah and
0: pre-social media pre-internet yeah it was literally like school kids passing laughter from person to person it's really interesting and we have
3: examples wow. like in america in the 21st century like there was the leroy ticks outbreak i don't know if y'all remember that back in i remember I leroy jenkins one. but
0: I, I do know
1: one leroy, one leroy one jenkins one. was this no, when yeah. we all leroy ran jenkins.
0: into a yeah, dungeon without backup good times Um,
3: but yeah, so there's been like tick outbreaks where people will get uh contagious ticks allegedly, but it's mass psychogenic illness. And and again, it's one of these things that we know about, we've we've known about for hundreds of years, but people always presented it as is this a hoax or is this some mystery illness? For that particular case, I think Aaron Brockovich got involved and tried to say it was like toxins and stuff. Mm. Uh, but it was just some teenagers in a high school in New York that got contagious, you know, ticks and
0: it happened. And I just want to really yeah. highlight like this um, dichotomy between physical illness and mental illness and how we completely devalue mental illness and dismiss it and how uh, most of the people who are involved in these uh, sociogenic um, incidents are usually like women or children, teenagers, or, you know, other marginalized groups. And it makes it f- so much easier to just be like oh it's just it's hysteria you know that's literally why we call it hysteria because it's like oh it's coming out of your uterus you can't even handle it <laughs> like uh, so yeah it it's it's interesting to me that um like it, it it feeds back on itself where we can't address these we can't address things that are mental um because we think of those things as being less than and it's i find it really frustrating
3: i fully agree I, it's i well the way i present it um people often is that you know this idea that the mind and brain are separate is really yeah like, it really is you know, the, yeah the brain is the same organ that creates both things and so uh, yeah. you know brain health and psychological health are
2: synonymous
0: yeah but you know who's telling you that your brain <laughs> <laughs> okay, i know, you know what?
2: You can't trust that thing. You can't Uh, trust that guy. uh, All right. So we are running late on time, but I do want to get to uh, this, the the one last topic I want to cover with you guys because that we could talk more about some of this stuff, but I think uh, we'll get back to it at some point in the future, maybe. Let's talk about Meatball Ron DeSantis and his Florida Surgeon General Joseph Ledapo Rebecca, you did another great video on on this uh, subject. and just first actually, tell us a little bit about the Surgeon General. What famous or infamous medical and I use that term loosely organization does he hail from?
0: uh well, he's obviously I mean, you all already know that he's one of America's frontline doctors,
1: yeah, like, is there.
0: like we all know who's on the front line, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. that guy. <laughs>
2: He was fighting, he was bravely fighting. What he
0: actually, went over the what do they call it? Over the hill, over the the bulge. I don't know. World War II reference. Yeah, yeah. I don't know.
2: <laughs> Insert World
0: War II reference. Yeah, if you could just edit in a there. very smart World War II reference here, yeah. I'd appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. don't
2: listen to the episode.
0: Just trust that I'll do that. Okay, um, thank you. I never do. Good. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, so yeah. Uh, so, um, this guy
2: <laughs> not looking at you. I don't want to look at you. <laughs> Answer the damn question.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm almost done my cookie butter beer, so I'm, I'm a little Cave said I was allowed to drink during this. It's a Sunday,
2: yeah, you absolutely are allowed. In fact, I'm a little disappointed that Dan is not drinking during. This, I know.
0: But... i'm you're not either. I'm the only one. I
2: did. I finished it. I had a little fancy glass of wine to celebrate my warriors winning. and. Then, oh yeah, they uh, did
0: win. They but Don't won. you feel a little bit bad for Sacramento because I have still a, live in Sacramento.
2: I have a lot of thoughts about the Sacramento Kings. This is we're going off the rails on this real quick, but it's worth it um, because I was there for a while. I was there for my oh, training. I'm so sorry during like the it's and this is the thing I always have to battle for. Sacramento is an underrated place. It's actually pretty fucking cool.
0: some of my best friends are from Sacramento.
2: Of- <laughs> he, you you people from Sacramento. Um, and it was, uh, and I have lots of thoughts about because I've lost sympathy for those people. Um, those fans are amazing. They're awesome. I love the city. I love what they do. And I, I did this interview on NPR just this last week about the Warriors. interview And cut out every funny thing I said. <laughs> so I sound really serious in it. Did they?
0: Did they, though? <laughs> yeah, I, I, damn <laughs> Did <you>. they? <laughs> they did do you want to do you want to just throw some of those jokes out no no you don't deserve it because we can't cut them out you you can just say them right now no no unedited you You can just say them oh so you just for some reason you don't want to say them you're the jokes the jokes you're
2: mean to the host i work hard to make a hospitable environment here you're making dan uncomfortable dan
0: dan's laughing stop fighting you
2: dan's Dan's chuckling at you. Dan, Dan is enjoying a good laugh at my expense. All right. So go on. Come on. Tell us. Dr. About say, Joseph no, Ladapo.
0: Yeah. Is... <laughs> so Dr. Joseph Ladapo uh, is a doctor with America's frontline doctors. And here's the thing about America's frontline doctors. They are the curse that keeps on cursing <laughs> because they popped up in twenty. 20 uh, i think um they had their first press conference and they were um just a bunch of dum-dums in uh lab coats i'm sorry we-, we finished the kind part of the broadcast now and i'm just gonna go
2: <laughs> yeah no you're not gonna hear me defending right. america's frontline doctors yeah. so please are, let's get this into is it. this is the
0: difference like before we were talking about the people who um haven't reached the level of needing to know that they're grifting in order to continue grifting. Mm -hmm, (laughs) These people, mm -hmm. I suspect, just my opinion, don't sue me. I think they know they're grifting. So Mm -hmm. uh, AFLDS, uh, which is a great acronym, initialism Mm -hmm. for America's Frontline Doctors, um, they are a collection of people. Some of them did actually have medical degrees. Some of them still have (laughs) medical degrees against all odds. (laughs) Uh, but the first one that really made headlines was uh, Stella Emanuel. She was the main, m- the most fiery spokesperson. She really captured everyone's attention. And it immediately came out that she believed that um, problems of women's reproductive systems were caused by witches and demons having sex with you when you're asleep.
2: yeah. yeah like yes. that's that's the good stuff yeah. that's
0: she's on record like that she's <laughs> like yeah like it, this isn't like a gotcha thing you yeah. don't have to dig you can just ask her <laughs> she's like yeah no that's what happened the demon had sex with you and now you can't have children what do you, you want me to do about it yeah
2: you've got to double down on that if you <laughs> go that route you got to stick, stick to your guns
0: right so when i first talked about them that was my oh and i should say like their press conference was obviously about how covid don't reel and, uh, Vax vaccines weren't even out yet, but they were, um, very much behind, uh, all of the garbage hydroxychloroquine or whatever, like, um, all of the, the pseudoscience cures and very much against lockdowns, very much against mandates, mask mandates, shutting down schools. We don't need to do any of that um we just need to like go on about our business and just die why not yeah
2: yeah I have uh, a fi- sorry go on yeah
0: no i was just gonna like forge ahead but if you please wanna... forge
2: just just go do the rest of this please take over
0: so the next um, aflds <laughs> doctor that came to my attention was simone gold who uh in 2022, uh, became famous. She she was already running the organization, but then the organization sued her for misappropriating millions of dollars (laughs) of their money for mansions and private jets and things like that. And I was like, I'm sorry, millions of what? And it turns out that after that press conference, they went on to scam loads of money out of maga conservatives who were who thought that covid was a lie and she took that money and spent it mostly on her boyfriend which you know kudos in a yeah. way but yeah. like like i'm all about wealth redistribution but i prefer it in different circumstances yeah um so that was all very entertaining because with the court case came a lot of documents being made public and it was just it really exposed what a giant scam this entire organization was so (laughs) that'll my favorite gold fact is that um well two things one
3: she did a like uh social media post where she took a video of herself in a lab coat outside of a hospital that she led you to believe is the hospital where she worked and it was um, USC or, you know, pretty big hospital in California. And then it turns out she doesn't work there. And <laughs> they have no affiliation with her. And so they had to like post this disclaimer and be like, we don't know who this lady is. <laughs> <It's> so embarrassing. <laughs>
0: I, uh, it's like, always
2: funny when, when doctors like show up to a press conference and they're like white coats. The lab like, coat
0: with a like, steth- stethoscope. Right. <laughs> Who are, yeah,
2: we just walked out of an office. You know <laughs> You know that nobody wears those. We don't usually wear them even anymore, you know. So it's like you have to like find one, dig it out. And in that cro- conference, I remember looking at like their coats and it's hilarious because you can see they're all like never been used before. They're like totally pristine pristine like it was hilarious i think one of them had like a short coat too which didn't make sense to me but (laughs) one of them was like a dentist too i don't even know anyways it's the worst whenever you see a doctor at a conference in a white coat if it's not like actually them walking down a hospital like hallway it's a sign of bullshit just so you know
0: (laughs) and i i think one of my favorite online red flags for a doctor is when they and I apologize. I haven't looked at either of your social media profiles lately, but oh, it's when it says, out. when it says like, Doctor Kavehoda, comma PhD, like <laughs> where, where you have to like double up on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like doubling that.
3: the degree. It's like Doctor whatever, MD, PhD. Yes.
0: Why? why double, right. Why? Yeah. Right.
2: Absolutely. Kaveh yeah. is Farsi for doctor, so I am sort of like <laughs> doing that with Cave md but that's not my fault
0: that's not true is that true
2: that's not true no not i
0: true. would have believed you you should have gone with it i would have believed you, you let's, could have... let's
2: let's go back and just can we take it again
0: no there's no editor you've already made that bitch. clear okay so that was up until this year <laughs> those were the two aflds doctors i knew but then so last year um in florida the florida state department of health received an anonymous complaint that their leader was fraudulently editing scientific reports their leader was dr lotapo who is one of america's frontline doctors and uh joseph joseph Lada, sorry it took me a second to remember his name um so Ron DeSantis, meatball Ron DeSantis, uh, <laughs> made Dr. Joseph Lodipo his uh, surgeon general for Florida. I assume based on his work with America's frontline doctors, because DeSantis also did not believe in lockdowns and mask mandates and science in general. So, uh, he made Ladapo a surgeon general. The first thing Ladapo did was to um, allow students to go back to school, even if they had just had a um, a, a COVID infection mm-hmm. or like a mm-hmm. like a uh, if they had had a uh, exposure exposure. Thank you. To um, yeah, thank you. I'm not a I'm not a weird perv, so that. Word doesn't it, pop into my it eyes, was like, right in the
2: front of my mind. Yeah, it's like exposure.
0: You know, no, when you expose people uh, to things. Yeah. Unlike you, I watch your videos. <laughs> Why would I, I I watch them when I do them? Okay, yeah. so <laughs> so yeah, Ladapo very much against uh school lockdowns and or any kind of lockdowns. And then uh so Florida commissioned a study. Uh, to look into how uh, the vaccines, the mRNA COVID vaccines, affected young men's cardiac health, and if you recall, that was that was um, a real talking point. Like not just a made-up thing from you know weirdos that think COVID isn't real, but it was a real concern. Like, do vaccines increase your chance of having? A negative cardiac event. And the preponderance of evidence up until this point, correct me if I'm wrong, doctors, uh, but I believe up until this point, the preponderance of evidence showed that there was a slight increase in events, but not necessarily mortality. So some non fatal uh, heart events that still paled in comparison to COVID. Uh, infection and um it was still very rare so uh the the suggestion and it was just in um a particular cohort of young males so mm-hmm. with all of that together the suggestion was still it's in your best interest to get vaccinated is that was, is that a good okay um and uh but uh so LATIPO got this report that basically said that, but um, they had worded it poorly in their report. And they only I only say that they had worded it poorly because of who was editing it, <laughs> because they had worded the report to say that in their initial estimation, uh, there was an increase in cardiac mortality, comma, Before they controlled for certain issues. And once they controlled for that, there was actually no significant difference. And so they definitely recommended these young men get vaccinated because there was no significant increase in cardiac mortality. And he basically deleted the stuff out of that after that comma. He made it sound as though there was a significant increase in mm-hmm. cardiac mortality. And uh, so, yeah, like this, um, this whistleblower said as much last year, it was dismissed because the whistleblower ended up not responding to emails for reasons that I'm sure we can all guess Yeah. and now though uh what happened was that somebody uh did a public records request got the actual document and saw the edits that he made showed it to other doctors who confirmed yeah this is scientific fraud he fraudulently edited this thing to go out to say the opposite of what they actually found so it's absolutely horrific this guy not only should not be a doctor he should not be the surgeon general of florida um it's horrific that he is still in charge um and because his boss is basically meatball ron DeSantis, santa's there's uh, who knows if there's going to be any comeuppance for it
2: Dan, this is pretty egregious stuff for a doctor to do, don't you think? Is this the kind of thing that it would warrant some some action against his license? You think, or do you think that he's essentially untouchable?
3: License is always hard because even when doctors have done really, really terrible things, um, you know, medical boards are often a little averse to going against, <coughs> uh, you know, putting actual permanent mark on a doctor's file
0: well yeah. on on topic it took andrew wakefield decades to be yeah. stripped so
3: wakefield uh that guy in california at uh, bob sears you know he's had finally he's had a couple strikes on his license but it took forever to get there and so you have to do really pretty egregious things does this kind of i, I have no idea what the florida um, medical board is like so I can't, and that's the other thing is every, every state has its own medic board and the way they process complaints and handle complaints is totally different. It's um, so a very poor standardization across the country for that. Um, my guess is they probably won't do anything. Um, just that being the norm across the country, but um i would love to be wrong because i think it's pretty terrible that he drastically changed the results of the like the key yeah. line, really really just struck right. it through and basically did what the result he wanted that's that's what he's going for
2: i agree yep. it's, it's going to be impossible to to get anything against him because he'll so easily be argued as you can't make this political at the and that's how he's going to get out of this um rebecca so his his excuse essentially was this happens on both sides, though. We're just mm-hmm. doing what the pro-vaccine people. Yeah, say. they
0: they do it too. Uh, yeah. He, when reached for comment, who is it? The Daily Beast. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but That's I think. Fine. It, I think it was the, da- the Daily. The- something. <laughs> the Daily Bugle. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the Clark yeah. Kent. Uh, mm-hmm. No,
2: wait. Daily Bugle was what Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider
0: Man. I'm sorry. Fake. Game fake. Game fake Game.
2: Yeah. Yeah. girl. But Real what was what forward. was Superman's? Now that uh, you the, Daily, that. Planet. the Daily, Daily, Daily Planet. Daily Planet. Okay, yeah. Sorry. So go did
0: on. Did I did I reclaim my? Yeah. Oh, you're
2: yeah. Ooh, cred has been restored.
0: <laughs> Woo. Um. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so they reached out to him for comments, and yeah, he literally said um, he didn't deny changing it at all. He only said basically. Uh, the government and the establishment have already been manipulating data i'm just trying to push things back in the other direction basically and and here we have another really good case of does this grifter know they're grifting and that quote really just made me wonder like i think this guy legitimately maybe believes in what he's doing and thinks that because you know it's it's when you have these quote-unquote politicized science things um the uh anti-science side often will spin it to be a case of life or death so um like with abortion you know they spin it to be Oh, if you aren't, uh, anti-abortion, you know, this is a Holocaust that's happening. And Mm. so it's, it's, when you're talking about a a Holocaust, when you're talking about the death of millions, tens of millions, billions of human souls, what, what isn't moral for you to do? Right. You know, um, the, the worse you can make your enemy appear, the more you are allowed to be immoral in order to fight them, especially yeah. if you see them as the overwhelming authority who you are fighting against. And so in this case, I mean, I don't know. Maybe this guy is just... I,
2: I could see that. But then part of me sees it as him being like a smart doctor who realizes... He has an opportunity here for real political growth. Ron DeSantis could become mm. the president oh. very easily. Yeah. And he's like, I want to give this guy what he wants. This is what he wants. I'll give it to him. And then once I'm in position of power, real position of power, I can do some real good. So I will lie this time for mm. the potential. It's a sort of similar, oh. what you say? Oh,
0: well, well, yeah, I think we agree, though. I think we yeah. agree. Like, I... I think he knows he's lying, right? but I think he thinks that that lie is a moral lie. Right.
2: Yeah. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. He thinks he's a soldier in God's army or whatever people on the right think about things. And
0: the the ends will justify the means.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm assuming if someone on the left does something like this, you will cover it because I think you do a pretty good job. Any Um, moment now you know I think you do a pretty good job well, I I fair. I did I yes. did
0: cover the the liberal version of this in Florida uh mm-hmm. which is um Rebecca Jones no relation uh who
2: so <laughs> the first names it's not how it works <laughs>
0: <laughs> who, uh, you know, claimed to be a scientist who was silenced by Ron DeSantis for he's told her to change data. She refused, so we fired her. I believed that 100%. And then uh, data came out mostly through uh, alt-right channels. And I didn't believe it at first, but when I read their evidence, I was like, oh yeah, this, this lady does sound like a real grifter. And that's only like as... I, you know i that my new position has been vindicated in the last year she's bonkers yes. <laughs> it,
2: it it is it is funny that like there's this whole thing on the right of like well uh you know if you indict trump <laughs> then we're going to indict clinton yeah. we're all and on like, the left we're all like yeah yes okay.
0: please <laughs> cool. yeah. can't yeah. wait yeah that
2: sounds good Do it. (laughs) Totally do it. Sounds awesome. If you could bring down a powerful person who did something wrong,
0: do it. That's fantastic. I will will feast on, I will dip their bone marrow. I'm a vegetarian. I will take their bone marrow. I'll do whatever fancy chefs do with bone marrow these Mm -hmm. days and I'll eat Mm -hmm. it.
2: Delicious. All right. On that note, let's close up. Um, You guys are so fantastic. I I really appreciate having both of you on. You're both so important to follow uh rebecca please tell people everywhere they can find you uh everything just just lay it out right now please
0: how, how much time we got as okay. much as you okay. need all right so i'm on mastodon At no i don't know do <laughs> uh, no
2: one does no one does we all got mastodon <laughs> for a moment and then or post and then we're, yeah. we're i'm still waiting already. for
0: my blue sky invite if anybody's got a blue sky invite can you send it to me because yeah. I feel. I'm feeling like I'm missing out. And by next week, that'll be done too. So, you know, if I could just get in on it now. But
2: by the time I get one, it's over. That's how I'll know it's (laughs) over by the time I get one.
0: But I am for the moment on Twitter at Rebecca Watson. I'm also on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Rebecca. You can find me on YouTube if you just look up Rebecca Watson. I don't have a good URL there. I'm not good at this. I Mm -hmm. don't know. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or you can find everything I've ever done at skeptic.org.
2: I have to, again, I know I say this uh, a lot, uh, but I really do mean it. You have to watch her videos. You have to subscribe to the YouTube channel. You have to. You have no choice in this.
0: I mean, I don't make run media. You do.
2: Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's absolutely <laughs> worth doing. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's it's so much fun. It's so smart and it's so succinctly you, done, which is what's really nice about it. You Thank get you. a ton of really important information. You process it really well and make it accessible for dumb dumbs like myself. Um,
0: <laughs> Thank you,
2: Dan Daniel. Danifer, I'm really also, you are a fantastic fountain, found or found, found, is it fountain or foundry or font, font, you are a font, an italic of knowledge, (laughs) I didn't say it, um, you are also someone I do highly recommend people follow. You're super smart. You've done so much great research, and you break things down also in a very nice nice way online on Twitter and a lot of your little, uh, little feeds there. So tell us where we can find you um, on Twitter and wherever else. I'm pretty much only on Twitter,
3: so my little little feeds are all I got. But D Friedman Seven is—I uh, have a really boring handle that I should probably fix at some time. <laughs> like the bearded neurologist, or something. I don't know what I should go with. but I've Got to mix it up a little bit.
2: But, I feel like there's probably a lot of bearded neurologists. I yeah, feel like that's,
3: that's a, not
0: that's not you know, the
3: one. We'll help you. That's why I yeah. like it though, because it's leaning into the ridiculousness that every you know bearded <laughs> neurologist is the thing. But uh, yeah, I I am accidentally on Twitter. I have a lot. Hate relationship with Twitter, um, but I try to spread good information. So thank you for acknowledging that, and uh, and I, I love Rebecca's work. So keep up the. I agree. The video, the video length is just as perfect as a sweet spot. Yeah, thank
0: you. I get some people trying to argue for me to make those long form essays, and I'm like, I don't have the. I think I'm. I'm a li- I am do not yeah. have the attention span for that and I don't think my audience does either.
2: No. you found you found it. Well, you're Eight both fantastic. minutes is good. <laughs> That's good for me. That's good. Um thank you both. Really great stuff. Uh, and if you haven't already rate and review me at iTunes. Leave me a review people. I love reading them. Uh thank you to Nadine for help with production. Uh thank you guys both again. Bye. 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 Wow. I, I met a woman on Facebook whose name was Hoda Kaveh, and I almost married her on principle. No! I swear to God. This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice,
3: diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult a physician or other qualified health care provider for your specific healthcare needs or concerns. The opinions expressed on this podcast do not represent the opinions of our employees. Details in the podcast have been changed so that patient identification is not possible.